everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. Today, my guests are two writers who collaborate on writing novels, two authors. They each have freelance careers and have written for a variety of publications. But they write fiction together as a team under the pen name Addison McKnight. Their names, their actual names are Krista and Nicole. Krista and Nicole, not Noelle, Nicole. In any case, I'm very pleased to have with me Krista and Nicole, who write as Addison McKnight. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having us. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm happy to have you here, too. And I'm happy to focus on the two of you as we speak. (laughs) I got to work. Um, Let's see. Your debut novel is called An Imperfect Plan. What's it about? There you go. Cover and all. (laughs) Excellent. Nice cover, too. Yes. Um, Well, it's about a lot of different things and a lot of different themes. And um, the main thing is uh, centered around perfection and women's and not just women, the cultural obsession with perfection um, in all different aspects of life. And um, particularly, it's about a woman who saves her eggs. She's working in New York. She's saving to have a family later. And she ends up getting divorced. And when she goes back to get the eggs, she realizes that they're gone. And the only thing she could figure out is that her ex-husband sold the eggs. Hmm. Wow. So that's, yes, scary. Interesting and and legal question there. Wow. (laughs) That's fascinating. Um, So um, how would you describe it in terms of genre? Is it like domestic suspense, thriller? I would say it's a hybrid between um, women's fiction and a thriller. Cool. Cool. Uh, and are you working on another book? We are. Uh, we just finished, or we, yes, we just finished our um, second book, which is called The Vineyard Remains. And it's also a thriller. 
slash soapy drama, kind of another hybrid that will be coming out next year. Excellent. Um, do you plan to continue collaborating on writing fiction? Yes, definitely. We have a lot of jobs and kids between us. You can see right now I'm in between baseball games. <laughs> we <laughs> do try to cram in writing and all of our jobs and kids and everything and make it happen. So we always say we're so lucky to have each other because we really only have to write half of a book, you know, which is nice. Yes, um, we end up doing it all together, obviously, but, you know, I write a chapter, you write a chapter. Okay, I'll write this part, you write that part. It really, it's, it's, it's nice when you have a lot of other things happening, you know, it makes it a little bit easier and we have so much fun doing it. That's great. Um, what drew you toward the suspense thriller genre in particular? I would say that the reason is because Nicole read a lot of thrillers. So when she actually came up with the idea of an imperfect plan and came over and I had gone through infertility. So I helped her with one of our themes, which was infertility, secondary infertility. And Nicole, I think that she, I think part of the reason that the book became a thriller was because she was such a big fan of thrillers and had been reading so many. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true, Nicole? I feel like I'm speaking for you and why we picked that genre. Yes, definitely. I um, was obsessed. And not just, it's not just books. I think, too, we always were watching these like dark and deep and twisty shows on Netflix. And it was becoming that whole girl on the train gone girl time where every all these women were becoming obsessed with true crime and shows on Netflix and, and these these books so I was really loving it and I was saying oh my god you have to watch this show we were trading shows trading books and I just I think I just love as a reader those books where you get completely blindsided um that's like my favorite thing and shows too and so when I had this idea for an imperfect plan I was like I really really loved mostly the twist I loved the, a, a good twist so I was like when I thought of it I'm like I just I have to write this book I have to write it it's gonna be so good and it is that's so cool I, I'm with you there I love uh, a show that or a book that keeps you in such suspense that you have to find out what happens next because you know there's going to be a big twist or something in there somewhere and you don't know exactly what but it's coming <laughs> it's always such a great it's almost like riding a roller coaster or something yes uh, you're reading and you're trying to solve that psychological puzzle that you feel like you sort of know some of the pieces and you know a lot of people, when they read an imperfect plan, the feedback that we got was we kind of knew something, but we didn't know when or how. So that we, <laughs> we felt excited that people weren't able to guess the ending. Exactly. Yeah. That that's really sometimes the best you can get, you know, where people kind of get it, but they don't completely get it. So that there's still that element of surprise. Um what advice would you give to any writer who wishes to do what you're doing? Collaborate. Just do it. Oh, collaborating. Um, I don't think you can force that. I think that we have seen it become a little bit of a trend. When we started, we had two sets of authors that we were looking at and saying kind of like, oh, we can do that. And it was kind of a new idea in the thriller 
suspense genre that these two women were doing that. And since we started, we've seen it become more of a thing where people are collaborating. They already have their career and they're like, oh, I'm going to write a book with this person or that person. Um, it's really, really hard. And although I said there's a lot of benefits to it, it is very difficult. I mean, you're not on your own timeline. You know, if I say, well, we have this due by Friday, but I'm working these two days and Krista says she's working and I'm at a double header and you're at a, a swim meet. And it's like, try to figure out, you know, how, we, when we can carve out time to work together. Um, and also, you know, artistically and created, you know, creating something is very different, different and difficult when you have a vision, you have to then have a shared vision. And a lot of times I think we run into that you know, we have to kind of sway each other and convince each other, like, no, we have to do it this way. And sometimes we always say, uh, I, I don't like that, but if you can convince me, let's like, you have to build your case. And then we have to like, <laughs> yes. Or that. sometimes we'll bargain. Like if you give me this person in the court, then I'll give you that she could be pregnant yes. or something like that. And we'll like negotiate <laughs> yes. in the comments. <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll do so, little trades. Well, I can see you guys have a rapport, that's for sure. And um, it probably plays out a lot in your writing. Um, it reminds me a great deal of screenwriting because often screenwriters will collaborate and um, especially in a TV setting, always you have yeah. that writer's room and that sharing and the bouncing of ideas off each other. It's similar, but different. <laughs> Very different. Yes, I, yeah. yeah. Have you, you've done that before? Have you? Well, I've had an experience where I did collaborate with, with several writers on a short film recently. Yeah. Oh, it was, awesome. it was like a contest type thing. So it was like, wow. To me, I, I felt more alive after I did it. It was like, whoa, I really connected with these people and got in a few lines and jokes and wow, this is yeah. great. Yeah. 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 It is about like we, yeah, you do feel like when we have a really good brainstorming session, I think we both feel really good and we feel, you're right, actually, the way you're describing it. Krista, do you agree? Like you feel like, oh, we yes. like, oh my and God, I feel like great. different authors are going to collaborate in different ways. And we've heard several co-authors do it with a different style where they sit down and write every sentence together or they're working on a piece together. Nicole and I typically each take a character um, in the books. So that is a little bit of our, you know, unique style within the collaboration is that I'm one character and she's another. So we give each other a little bit more leeway with our own character. And um, I think the important thing when you're collaborating with someone is that you can usually work through the nitty gritty of the editing and the storytelling, but you have to have, I think, a deeper shared values with that person. And I feel like Nicole and I like might argue over how a chapter is going or our styles or things like that. But I think like at a deeper level, if you have, you know, shared values, you're going to, um, and the same type of work ethic, you're going to be able to, um, you know, get through each individual project more effortlessly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, finding people you're copacetic with to work with is very important in a collaboration. Um, you're both so busy, you know, the baseball games, the marriages, the kids, the, the work, 
how do you find the time to write? Where, how do you, how do you find your writing time? How do you mm, balance well, it? Well, we have a things. saying, I mean, we call it pockets of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we found that the first time we wrote the book, book one, our first book, we were so, you know, a lot of people like say, I have writer's block, I don't want to write, or I don't, you know, you stall. I used to, I sometimes find myself with like a, an article or something like that. I'm like, oh God, I got to write this article. And you don't feel as motivated. But with this book idea, we, I, I, there was nothing else I wanted to do more except get this story out on paper. So, and and each spare moment, we stopped going on Facebook. We stopped watching TV. You know, you just, if you cut out all those, that wait time wasters, you have all these little pockets of time and you could get a lot done in those pockets of time. So that's really how we did book one. And I think we've changed. I think our whole life has changed. Like the way we operate our days now, I think are just different. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I tend to still write more in the mornings and Nicole tends to write late at night. So she'll send me a, a chapter and I'll typically edit it in the morning. And then if I write something, like I wrote something today during the day and she'll probably in one of the next couple of nights edit it and send it back. So I feel like we just tend to have our natural, like people tend to have a natural time that they like to write, whether that's, you know, I mean, we both work, so it's either early in the morning or late at night. Um, but we, I've talked to edit, um, authors that have transitioned from working and writing to full-time writing, and they said they still write about the same amount per day. So I feel like that's encouraging to people that think like, oh, I have to quit my day job to become a writer. I feel like you can, you can carve out some time to get it done. Um, but yeah, our schedules have changed. I think the what Nicole said is true. In the beginning, we were just like writing on fire, like just getting the story out. And now we know a little bit more about the writing rules. So we might write at a little bit slower pace because we're learning as we go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another thing about writing fiction. It's like, it is a continual learning process, really. Um, mm -hmm. Each time that you do it, you get better, I think. And if you're doing it right. And um <laughs> And it just, um, it's something you have to decide, you know, I want to do this. Um, but do you uh, have any advice for anyone who is starting out and would like to be a writer for a living? What's the best advice think, you've ever received? I think for me, uh, for my personal journey, I went to college to be a writer many years ago and I got some internships that were in New York City revolving around writing and I quickly became disillusioned because, you know, to, to really, get, you know, graduate college and say, I'm going to be a writer is really difficult and to really get a career and sustain yourself in that world is just like, I very quickly realized it was not going to be possible or I just didn't have the drive for it at that time but anyways so I ended up doing PR writing grant writing I was always writing and then I became you know I would write nonfiction articles for parenting and beauty and I did writing it was always something I was doing but so I feel like if you really want to write you're going to find you're going to write right but this fiction and I went to school for screenwriting and I never did anything I mean you have, I, and then when I got this idea and 
I think you just have to really, I think it took me that long to believe in my idea and to believe in myself and to really like say like, okay, I'm ready to try this. Unfortunately, I wish it didn't take 25 years, <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> Tell to me say about like, it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm good at I'm actually good at this. Um, but the the point of the story is I think all those years of writing brought me to the point where I could do it because you do have to write a little bit all the time. You have to keep writing and kind of hone your skills. And really when I started, I'm taking over this, Krista, you can answer too. But when I started blogging a long time ago, I had parenting blog and that was my first time getting feedback. So I did a blog for 12 years. It went viral many times. I had up to a million readers all over the world. And so to have that feedback was very good. So I would say like, if you don't want to do a blog, blogs are kind of obsolete now anyways, but podcasting or however you want to do it to have feedback or join a writing group or whatever it is, just accountability and to have feedback and to kind of like hone your craft. I think just do it, just do it. Exactly. And Krista, yeah. and Krista, I, I bullied her to it. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you should write, you should write one of the characters. And I was like, I don't know. I've only been writing nonfiction for 10 years. So I hadn't written fiction. My degree was in not in writing. It was in psychology. And um, then I owned a magazine business. So I was reading other people's articles and editing them and putting them in the magazine that I owned. And then I started writing for other mag military spouse magazines and the military spouse community blog. Um, so I was writing a lot of nonfiction and I feel like you're still, you know, when Nicole and I got together, we both were writers, but we, we hadn't written a novel. But if you think about it, we had both been writing for about 10 years when we met, it wasn't like our book was the first thing we had ever written. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all those years really do go into uh, making you a better writer because, you know, you have all that experience yeah. to draw on. Um, let's see. Who are your favorite authors? Nicole, who are those thriller authors that you love so much? And Krista, who are your favorite authors? Well, I, I love Harlan Coben. And um, I mean, he just, I just read his latest book this summer and I always say, oh my God, is he really going to be able to push out another great book? And every time it's like better than the last. So I, I always love him. <laughs> um, and we, and we both just read a book that we loved called Stone Cold Fox. And I believe she, she's a debut author, but she also worked in magazines and had like a nonfiction experience. Um, Rachel Kohler Croft is her name. And we both loved it so much. Yes, and book, Nicole actually. and I both like Greer Hendricks, and um, I've, oh, been yes. yeah, couple, yeah. I've been reading a couple Beachy reads. Um, I would, you know, uh, I just read Someone Else's Shoes by Jojo Moyers, and I just read. We both read Misdemeanor by Ellen Eleanor Lipman, and that was a really cute, clever, fast-paced, fun beach read. Um, misdemeanor so we and we got to meet that author we love when we go out and meet authors that we like um, we try to yes. kind of look at who which are of our favorite authors so Nicole tell them one of our very favorite authors that we've scheduled to go and meet um, oh my god fall. so we are 
our book, we, the first book, we got 55 rejections initially, and we ended up changing our whole pitch. And we said, you know what, let's try to pitch it live somewhere. So we did everything different and we went, we got it. We, that's, we ultimately got our agent and we got our deal, but the shift that we made and the way we pitched it was big little lies meets fight club. And if you've ever read or seen Fight Club, you know what that means. And everybody loved that. So that author, Chuck Palahniuk, is like our, he is like our idol. We just like love him so much. And our dream is to meet him. And he's, he lives in Portland, Oregon, I think. Somewhere out west. Yeah. And we're like, oh God, we have so much going on. We're never going to have time to go out there and, and stalk him. Well, but he's coming go. to. Well, <laughs> we he are this fall. He's, he's coming to Boston. This, oh, yes, well, very good. Yes, yes so we're so excited. He's doing a book tour, and we bought tickets, and we're going to go meet him. But we were laughing because we said, in the you know, a few years ago, we would be this excited about like I don't know a concert or going to like the U.S. Open or something, and now we're like we're like it's like we're, we're going to meet the other like, Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a brilliant uh, log line, by the way, that pitch for your, your book. That's just brilliant yeah. the way you did that. Little Big Little Lies Meets Fight Club. That's excellent. Oh, yeah, well, really we, we, yeah, it we got some help, we... but it was good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's still very cool. And you have a published book now. That's great. Yeah. And you're going to have more. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? Um, I don't know. Did we cover everything that we have to say, Krista? Um, Hello. I think, well, <laughs> I think one thing is if you, if you, if you want to write a thriller, just write it and don't worry about the agent and the publisher and all of that. But Nicole and I actually, she had mentioned we pitched 55 agents and got rejections and we ended up going to a, an event called Thriller Fest which if you're a new writer, you might not have heard of it, but it we ended up, first we went to the library and saw other uh, authors that we liked. And then we were told to go to Thriller Fest. And there's a part of Thriller Fest called Pitch Fest, where you can pitch your book. It's like speed dating agents. And I think that that's a really good piece of information if you're a new writer that to look into writer conferences. I've seen some other ones. I think Gotham Writers does another type of pitching, but I think it's good if you are really passionate about your idea. It doesn't always come across in a query letter, but I think it can come across when you're pitching people live and you're meeting your agent and you, and I think it's important, like Nicole and I have some good chemistry with our agent. And right when we met her, you know, she seemed excited about our idea and we were excited about her because we had read, you can read in the beginning of books that you like who the agents are. So I feel like making that connection live can be, um, you know, just spark the right motivation to get your book out into the world. And the last piece of advice that I would leave is a piece of advice from our agent that said, you have to trust that your book is going to get out into the world in an organic way. We hit a lot of roadblocks towards the end, you know, whether it was 
you know, COVID or, you know, running out of paper in New York or whatever, all different kinds of things. And you have to sort of trust the process, which our agent would always tell us, like, just trust that your book is going to find its way into the world when it's supposed to. So not to get so discouraged by the little hiccups that come up inevitably in this industry. I agree with you wholeheartedly on all of that. Wow. I mean, really, before you start worrying about all that market uh, business stuff, focus on the quality of the writing first. And as far as pitching, yeah, definitely. I mean, when, when you're meeting with people, you have a chance to be more interactive with them, for one thing. And they're seeing that you care enough to show up. So yeah, these are all great, great attributes. And I'm glad you brought them up. So, and the last thing yeah. is we are going to do a giveaway. So I just wanted to, to just share that with your podcast viewers, because we're appreciative to be on the podcast. So if, um, you know, what was you, you guys, Nicole can share the details, but we're going to give away one of the copies of an imperfect plan to one of your listeners. Okay. Yes, I think, details. yes, I think that there's, it's posted on your, what, your website, right? Or Correct. I think we're just have, yeah. Okay. So that's right, good. Perfect. I will uh, put a link to, to the post where I have the uh, giveaway details. Great. So, fantastic. Well, it was great talking to you guys. And so th thank you so much for being here today. Thank I you really, for having really, us. I appreciate it so much. Um, I don't want to, um, I don't want to want you guys to go just yet because we're going to do a little session after this very brief okay. kind of like bonus session for, um, for the uh, Patreon supporters. So I hope you'll stick with me for that. Okay. And uh, everybody, um, I would just like to say, uh, don't forget to uh, please leave a review or hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And um, we are also Patreon supported. So if you check out our Patreon page, you'll see all the different tiers and perks that we offer. Our next episode will feature Gary Grossman and Ed Fuller in the hot seats. Until then, take care and happy reading.